You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. I'd be listening to the mainstream media and just be left frustrated on how they covered these stories. They would completely ignore facts just to promote their own agenda. I said, man, I could do a better job than these fools. I should start my own show. So I did. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Freedom Strips. I'm your host, Keaton Tucker. I'm just going to host a little Let's Talk episode with my good friend, Jason Robinson. He's here with me. He's a... He's a good friend of mine. I've, I've worked with him over when I was in uh, Microsoft, and uh, after I left, we stayed in touch and we've become good friends. So, Jason, thanks for coming on the show, bud. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, so, the reason I wanted to have you over, I, I thought that you've been a uh, a consistent listener to my show. You've given me some great <laughs> feedback to, to work on and to think about, and um, I really value your opinion. So, I wanted to have you on an episode, um, but I know you're not heavily politically involved. I know that like you don't, you know, keep up with it. Uh, like I do, I kind of listen to this stuff religiously, but, um, <laughs> but I did want to have you on an episode. And so I thought a great episode to have you on would just be kind of like a, um, a laid back episode where we can kind of just sit and chat as friends and, yeah. um, not really kind of dive too much into politics at all. Just kind of go over some of the, uh, the stories that, are not politically driven, but are just kind of like world events and we can kind of dive in and just kind of shoot the breeze. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely not as, uh, uh, as I, I think we've said in a couple of texts back and forth, I'm not as up on all the political news all the time, but obviously that's been one of the benefits of listening to your show and hearing some of, uh, some of your feedback and your guests and everything. It keeps me uh, a little bit more updated than I would. Otherwise my wife likes to constantly uh, remind me that because I don't watch the news, not television news, but just keep up on news that she has to basically give me all my news all the time. So it's been, it's been good to, uh, to be a bit more informed lately, but, uh, but and, yeah, this and should it's be nice fun. to have you like, I've, I've got you set up in my office right here. We've kind of got this pop-up table right here. We, we've got some, uh, whiskeys here. We, we're, we've been uh, kind of chatting before the show, kind of um, breaking the ice a little bit, getting relaxed. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's nice to have you in here. It's nice to have you on the show. And I know one of the topics that you said you would love to talk about um, is Notre Dame. Uh, so, or excuse me, yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame's I, a football team. I said I was going to say Notre Dame, and I immediately <laughs> right said Notre Dame Perfect. because uh, I watch way too much college football and i know nothing about college football oh, so there we, we go both sides of the table literally and figuratively <laughs> i like it i was like i'm not gonna say notre dame i'm not gonna say <laughs> the notre dame very first thing first thing i said was notre dame perfect the fighting irish yes uh but no not the college football team um <laughs> the the story about uh the terrible fire that um engulfed the cathedral mm-hmm. uh in france um is it in it is in paris yes correct? Yeah. yep yeah, so the uh, the reason I kind of wanted to just, you know, chat about this is it, it's actually, you know, to a certain degree personally affecting um, and in the sense that it's personally affecting for a number of Americans uh, who, and not just Americans, but people the world over that have, uh, you've probably seen on your Facebook feeds, uh, a number of people that have been reposting their vacation photos and, uh, yeah, you know, talking about how... Uh, you know, how it's, it's terrible and they're, you know, they're shocked and everything. And of course I was one of those people 
Um, I think a little bit of the difference being that some of the conversation that I've heard from some folks, um, and of course it's the internet, so people are going to live to be offended, but, um, I, I saw some mentions of, have you noticed how quickly, uh, the conversation turned from, um, being sad about the burning of Notre Dame to look at my beautiful vacation photos and how lucky I am to have gone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, it's just another excuse I can, to point to you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I can, I can understand that line of thinking, but uh, the way my wife and I uh, came at the, the position that kind of, we posted our photos and talked about it was, you know, we feel incredibly blessed to have gone when we did, because we went uh, to Europe. We did, you know, a, a bit of an extended trip through Europe um, in the fall uh, of this past year. And that was, I mean, I think we came back about a month, maybe two before the yellow vest riots happened. And yeah, you know, you, you barely missed, you dodged a bullet there, huh? Definitely. Well, and it's, it's funny, almost figurative. Yeah, <laughs> <kind of> literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a friend of mine, uh, Joel Davis, who actually is the vocalist for, um, ascend the hill. He, uh, went to, Paris, uh, and was there during the, um, the terrorist attack, um, a couple of years ago. And oh, so it was wow. just, it's crazy to, to think, you know, wow, I know somebody that was there during that thing. And, yeah. you know, then you're there. I'm, you know, we thank God, like we didn't have anything happen to us while we were there, except my wife had her luggage go missing in London for about a week, but you know, uh, <laughs> we recovered that. That was the goodness. worst of it. But you know, that bringing it back around to kind of the, the idea though, that, you know, we, we feel incredibly blessed that we were, you know, in these incredibly beautiful, uh, and affecting places while they were still, you know, it sounds dramatic to say it this way, but for lack of a better term before they were untouched by yeah. these events and, right. you know, before yellow vest, you know, kind of made their way through different areas in uh, in Paris and before, this unfortunate fire, um, you know, my wife texted me Monday, uh, afternoon about 20 minutes after it happened, uh, or before it's, or after it started. And I basically couldn't focus the rest of the afternoon at work. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it felt like a loss, like a personal loss, which is mm -hmm. weird. Cause you know, born and bred American, you know, yeah, right. parents were both in the Navy, you know, it's like, you, I, like to think I'm a, you know, really patriotic guy, even I may not be the most informed on all the political issues, as you mentioned earlier, but you know, I, I love my country yeah. and to be that affected by something that happened thousands of miles away in another country on another continent. Um, it's very interesting, but it's because, you know, we connected with that place. We were there, we lived there for a week yeah. and you know, we, we were in the cathedral. We were in the surrounding areas. The piazza that are, you know, that where we stayed was maybe 300 yards from yeah, just Notre in, Dame. Just walking distance. Yeah. Huh? I mean, wow. you could see That's Notre incredible. Dame from our balcony. It, oh, you know, wow. And it just, we were very close. And, you know, it's, so it's, it's just, it's crazy to, to think that, you know, you can personally connect to something like that. Um, but, you know, just. I also like, I've been encouraging folks this week, you know, if you're, Hey, if you see somebody that, you know, whether it's on social media or somebody's talking about it, you know, don't just write them off and, Oh, you just want to talk about your vacation. Take that and remember that, wow, that's, that's interesting. And that's, that's cool that that person was able to be there because they can relate to that. 
do that yourself. You yeah. Know, travel. That's, yeah. you know, I, we'll, I'll probably talk about that later, but you know, yeah. just that the idea of traveling, it, it connects you to places. Well, and, and it is, it is important because I personally haven't had the opportunity to, to see Notre Dame. And, yeah. and now after this, you know, that is a sinking feeling that I had when I was watching it burn. I was like, wow, this is a beautiful place that yeah. I will never be able to see kind of the original, you know, th- they'll rebuild it. They've already got pledges over yeah. a billion dollars to, yeah. um, to, to renovate it. But yeah. I, I'm never going to see that original version of that yeah. uh, cathedral. Well, unless and, you play Assassin's Creed, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which actually, that was kind of an interesting Go back thing in that, time. Uh, the, yeah. the, uh, the developers Ubisoft of that game, they have said that they are, uh, putting forth any and all resources, that the, uh, resources that they have from the 3d modeling of the cathedral they're going to make that available to the rebuilding efforts. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So they're going to be, cause I knew they went through great effort to incredible to get effort. that yeah. in detail to rebuild that. Yeah. They um, scanned in the game. and modeled. I mean, as close to without saying, you know, the unrealistic every square inch, right. You know, as it were that they, they, they 3d modeled basically every single aspect of that building to the degree that they could, that they were allowed to. And I think, you know, to say that they'll be integral, I think is definitely over saying, uh, overselling it. Yeah. But I, I think they will probably, they will not be a non-factor. No, that's an that incredible process. donation to give, you know, to, yeah. to th- the 3d rendering and 3d modeling of it but yeah. before the fire. That's an incredible donation to get and, yeah. and will certainly be valuable to the, the efforts to rebuilding it. Yeah. Um, but you, you were saying that, you know, not only, is it tragic to you and many others just on a personal level, just because you've seen it, but I can understand even the, the level where people are upset just because it is a monument to Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a building that is close to 900 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first part of the building was, uh, was begun 850 years ago and it's been, um, you know, in a certain sense, piecemeal, different, uh, different leaders in the church and, uh, different, uh, different artists have taken the pieces and, you know, kind of moved construction along. Um, but yeah, 850 years old, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a, a mind boggling. Like if you actually think about like just how much progress the world has made in a hundred years, right. Right. Think about 1920. Yeah. That's a hundred. That's years exactly ago. what I was thinking of was the twenties. You know, you, you think of the twenties of, for whatever reason, my mind goes to that era a lot yeah. when I think of quotes so long ago and I'm thinking of prohibition and you know, the, the era and call it what it is, but let's just say, you know, Hollywood has kind of glamorized that era, at least yeah. in the U S right. Funnily enough, probably in, in France and Paris as well. Cause of sure. the whole movement there. Yeah. Um, that we were actually kind of, uh, uh, mimicking a lot of what they were doing there in the twenties here. But, uh, you know, that was, you know, a hundred years ago, like next year will be <laughs> 100 years from the twenties. Yeah. And yet, you know, okay. So let's look at a building much less a country and a culture, right. You know, that are far older than that, a building. And yeah, we don't want to minimize, you know, the building. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's a cathedral. You know, it's, I see on a lot of the media that's been going out this, you know, this week, um, they've been referring to it as, you know, a cultural monument and monument is the word that's been thrown around a lot. And yeah. it's the heart of France, which, um, you know, don't, 
also for people who haven't been, you know, a lot of Americans at least associate the Eiffel Tower with Paris. But really right. the Eiffel Tower, as beautiful and, and amazing as it is, we spent quite a bit of time in that area as well. But um Notre Dame is really in the heart of Paris. It's I mean, people live, work, eat, socialize everything right in that area. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's it really is, you know, the metaphorical and physical heart of Paris. So, you know, don't think that you know, because you may not have been, or you may not be super familiar just for lack of, you know, just not being exposed to it. Cause it's not everybody's fault that they haven't been. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Flights have uh, gotten pretty pricey. Oh, over for sure. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> another, you know, I, I say my wife and I feel very blessed, you know, that, that we were able to go and, you know, that's also, it's not, Ooh, look at us. We did a long vacation to Europe. No, we saved for two years. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, no, that was yeah, a long exactly. time coming. And my wife did a ton of planning and made all of that happen for us. But yeah, that's, uh, it's crazy to, to think that, you know, I mean, I have photos on my phone and, and in my, you know, cloud streams and everything of the, the structure and the artwork there that is, you know, unknownst to us yet a lot of it maybe all of it you know that of the things that i have at least of the photos um you know some if not a lot of it is gone yeah and they've you know the the government and the church has you know they've talked about how certain elements they have confirmed were saved like what they believe to be the crown of thorns has been saved um the statues that were on the spire that unfortunately eventually collapsed. Those were taken down during the renovation process prior to the fire. So thankfully those were saved. Um, you know, there's a number of things that have been confirmed saved, but I think of the, uh, the carvings, um, on the exterior, it's inside the cathedral, but on the exterior of that central, uh, walkway for a lack of a better term. Cause I don't remember all the, the structural terms that they use. I'm not Catholic, so I don't know all the terms for <laughs> cathedrals. Um, believe it or I'm not, not either. Catholic, so you so. could lie to me and I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they have these amazing, huge wooden carvings that are depicting, uh, the journey of Christ through his life and his ministry. Mm. And one of them very particularly, I remember I took some photos of, and it was, um, the, uh, the road to Emmaus, and mm-hmm. the, the church that I actually go to is called Emmaus. And so I remember taking photos of it, uh, sending it to, you know, to my buddy who's the pastor and, you know, just there being some interesting dialogue there, but that was all wood yeah, and yeah. paint that was probably lead based, you know, based on the age. Right. Um, maybe not, but, um, of all things, I'm also not an art scholar in case you didn't know, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you think of, okay, so the fire was in a lot of the ceiling, a lot of that ceiling collapsed, not all of it, but a yeah. lot of it collapsed. Well, that Where, was, that was know. one of the things that I actually got <laughs> to see live. I, I was, I was on my phone. I got a text from a buddy who said that, uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, <laughs> I said it again, Notre Dame was on fire. And so I, I was like, Oh gosh, this is a big deal. Then, so I, I pulled up Twitter and mm-hmm. Twitter had live yeah. video oh, and yeah. so I, I sat there and watched it i was at work and so i had my phone kind of propped up next to my desk and Same. i was kind of watching and, and listening to what i could on the coverage of it and um and i saw the spire fall yeah. into the um in, into the roof yeah and so i you know when i first got the text that notre dame was on fire yeah 
I was like, you know, first thought of me, like, was like, it can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, surely they've got it under control. You know, it's terrible that they lost some stuff, I'm right. sure. But but it's a monument. When, They'll, somebody will be on it. Yeah. When <laughs> I pulled it up, the whole place was engulfed. Was I was like, inferno. oh, my gosh, the whole thing is going down. Yeah. The, For the a, fire. a largely stone building, it's amazing that you wouldn't realize how much of the interior is wood. Yeah. Well, I, I hadn't even really thought about that. You know, you see the yeah. exterior mm-hmm. and everything, and, you know, you think wooden pews inside and, sure. and different things like that. But largely, most of the structure is wood. With, yeah. With, well, um, and the attic was entirely wood. They actually referred uh, people inside the, uh, the staff uh, and people close to the... Uh, the cathedral itself, um, to close to the inner workings of the cathedral, I should say, they would commonly refer to the attic as the, uh, I believe, the forest, um, something similar to that. It was the mm. forest, or the not the woods, but something like that, um, just because of how much wood and all the, you know, ancient timbers that they were using, and you know, each yeah. each timber for the support structure was carved out of a, you know an individual tree. I mean, these things are huge wooden structures. It's just, you know, it's crazy. Think about how old that wood is too. Not just the building. Think about the wood. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's nuts to, to also think of the context in which all of this happened too, because they only just started, uh, from what I was reading, they only just started the renovation process last year. Yeah. And when, when I was there, um, you know, some of the, the rafters and everything on the exterior were there, but nowhere near as much as we saw, um, you know, during the fire that had been erected, uh, since we've been there. Um, so one, you know, I'm glad that we had some photos when the building was less obscured, but it's crazy to think, you know, that the, the renovation process had just started because the, you know, the, the community and the folks, you know, with the project of the renovation, they had been pushing for the last, you know, a little bit of time that, man, this building's falling apart. We've got to do something. Yeah. And now that they try to do something about it, this right. happens. Yeah. You it's, know? And, um, I, I thought it would be interesting to, to read a little bit of this cause some new, um, some new information has come out. I know that like originally, which was, uh, it was interesting because you brought it up as, as one of your, your bullet points on this topic is like very odd timing for this fire to happen at the beginning of Holy week, which mm-hmm. is why if you paid attention to the story at all, there were some rumors going around that, you yeah. know, was this intentional because it was, it happened right at the beginning of Holy yeah. week on Monday, yep. Monday night of Holy week. Yeah. And so it's, it's, um, it, it was very, I, I I'm not going to say fishy because I didn't even think that it, this thing was intentional. Cause I know they were doing renovations. I was thinking like someone left a, <laughs> something yeah, plugged construction in worker and with a cigarette or a, a saw got a saw, unplugged yeah, exactly. properly. You know, you just never know. Something That's overheated, a, an too. extension cord failed and got too right. hot and, and started burning down or something mm-hmm. like that. But it actually turns out, um, this is according to CBS News, that a um, computer glitch may have been the cause behind it. So let me read a little bit from what they've got here on CBS News on uh, this computer glitch information here. It says, a computer glitch may have been behind the fast-spreading fire that ravaged uh, Notre Dame, the cathedral's um, rector said Friday. 
Speaking during a meeting of local business owners, Rector Patrick Caveat, I'm, I'm assuming Chauvet. Oh, <laughs> well, there French. we are. Yes, I should assume, yes. Uh, did not elaborate on the exact nature of the glitch, adding that we may find out what happened in two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing. That's, this is going to take forever to really find the uh, oh, yeah. find the source, I assume. Yeah. Um, on Thursday, Paris police investigators said they think an electrical short circuit most likely caused the fire. French newspaper... You want to say that, Jason? Because I can't read French. French newspaper. French newspaper has reported <laughs> that a fire alarm went off at Notre Dame shortly after 6 p.m. Monday. But a computer bug showed the fire's location in the wrong place. Mm. The paper reported that the flames may have started at the bottom of the cathedral's giant spire and may have been caused by an electrical problem in an elevator. Uh, Chauvet said that there were fire alarms throughout the building, which he described as well protected. The fires burned through the network of enormous centuries old oak beams supporting the monument's vaulted stone ceiling, dangerously weakening the building. The surrounding neighborhood was blocked off as stones continued to tumble off the sides of the cathedral after the, de- after the devastating blaze. I, I didn't even think about stones falling. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, obviously stone not being flammable, but stone retaining heat. Yeah, well, it's being held up by the oak beams that exactly. are burning. <laughs> yep, that was, that's one of the scariest parts, and that's why it took so long. Aside from the fact that you obviously, you know, as human beings, but also as firefighters who are professionals and know what they're doing, that's it, why it took them so long to get into the structure, because you could put out the fire or you can mostly put out the fire, you know, enough in most buildings to get, you know, a few people in to assess damage quickly and then get back out to then further put out more of the fire right. where they yeah. know it is because they've been able to lay eyes on it. In a situation like this, they weren't able to do that for even longer because the, you know, that stone is retaining so much heat yeah. that they weren't able to they weren't able to get people into the building or, you know, close to it much less in the building for a little bit longer than what would have normally been you know maybe you know a couple hours into the process you know once they knew where the fires were centrally located and those sorts of things that just the whole situation was just i mean it seems insensitive to say it but the 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 whole situation was a powder keg yeah well literally the whole thing is made of centuries old wood so Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing how fast it spread yeah um, it's a miracle that the cathedral is still standing and that all the relics were saved. Um, the president of a group of French architects who specialized in a historic monument in the, in historic monuments told BFM television that experts plan to spread a custom made peat. Tar- I don't even know that that tarpaulin tarpaulin. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Tarpaulin across the cathedral's roof which enough space <clears throat> with enough space to also shield workers rebuilding the frame. So I'm assuming like a, uh, just like a tarp. <laughs> I'm going to doubt that that's what that means, but I'm going to, this is your show. So I'm going to let you go with tarp. <laughs> it says a custom made peaked tarpaulin across the cathedral. Right, it could you know be what? a tarp. You know what? You know we what? have, I the have, internet. Go- I have Google right here. So that's right. Me... 
The power went out before the show. Your Wi-Fi should be good to go now. <laughs> tarplin. <laughs> Let's see what a tarplin is. No. Tarplin roof. <laughs> You're still not getting that spell. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's a tarp. I'll be I, got Im- I got images of blue tarps that is, here. <laughs> man, your show indeed. Oh, very nice. Well, you, there we are. I'm it. sure it's it's a bit heavier duty than your Walmart blue tarp, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's French Walmart. Lay <laughs> yeah. Walmart. Lay Walmart tarplin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now I know that tarpaulin is Man, just that makes tarp. me, I mean, obviously I don't know that it can get much sadder about the situation, but that makes me even more sad for the folks that would, you know, have already planned vacations and plan to be in that area or plan travel in general. And they're going to, you know, even with sad photos, you know, just to commemorate their time there. Now they're going to have photos of commemorating their time there. And it's going to be a bunch of blue tarps on the top, on the side, on the, on the ceiling and the top. Yeah. And that's, it's going to be crazy. It is going to be wild. Um, they, they've also got a, uh, a headline here that says the yellow vest protests are banned near Notre Dame. Yeah. Which I'm sure like, what is that going to do? Banning a protest? Yeah. In if they weren't area, already, they're I, already taking over Paris. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. the yellow vest protests. You're not just going to say, Hey, you can go wild. Or in these places, but you can't go over here. Yeah. Well, banning protesters in particular monumented areas is like having a, a, a gun-free zone in here in the U.S. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's practically can, inviting someone to... tell them not to do it there, but they're just going to do it anyway if they want to bad enough. <laughs> That's right. Um, so this headline says, Yellow Vest protests ban near Notre Dame. Despite the destruction of Notre Dame dominating the news in France, a new round of the divisive yellow protest Yellow vest protests over social inequality was planned on Saturday across the country, including in Paris. Um, The interior minister said 60,000 police officers will be mobilized and demonstrations near Notre Dame will be banned as he expects some protests to turn violent. Um, Of course. Well, it's, it's already starting to, I mean, the French police are starting to load or excuse me, starting to bring out these police uh, forces with live ammunition now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's Which getting, is unheard of for the French. It's getting very serious. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan for the uh, militarization of the police, but yeah. I will be surprised if the French police force doesn't start taking some pages out of some of the unfortunate book that we've been writing over here. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I tell you that the French um, have their histories of revolutions. Yes, they do. A, a, a rich history, if you <laughs> a will. A very rich history of revolutions. <laughs> and um, boy, I tell you. You know, I some... think there's a musical that has something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think see, I think you're right. Uh, but just imagine, like, if someone lets out live ammunition Gosh. at these yellow vest protests yeah. and actually shoot one of them. Whether it be intentional or unintentional, I can't even imagine. Man, you talk about—I mean, Notre Dame being a powder keg. Yeah. Like you think about what that would do. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing you think of. Okay, you know, the police reacting 
just we'll just take our context, you know, here in the US. You know, if the police react to a riot here in Florida, okay, if there's live ammunition that is fired, you know, near a crowd, much less into or at a crowd or a, or an individual, yeah, that's a bad day at work, but it's almost, you know, well, you kind of expect it here in the U.S. almost, which is sad to say, you know, it it's, it's not to, yeah. it's not to make light of the fact, but it's, you know, it's almost par for the course in France. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And to think that they're, you know, they're moving in that direction purely to try and quash some of the, you know, the rioting that's gone on over there. I mean, that's it's it, again, that's crazy. I think I was just there months ago and. You know, before even the Yellow Vest rioters were out, and I Barely. was able to see, like you said, a month or two right before it started. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were, you know, we were at places like the Arc de Triomphe, and you know, now to see fires blazing and Molotov cocktails being thrown in the air, and you know, you look at the charred, you know, uh, the uh, the burn marks and the char on some of these places and just the destruction of these beautiful monuments and you know, beautiful places and incredible architecture and artwork that stuff's being lost, you know, it is, it's just crazy. But again, thinking through travel, you know, had we not been there, you know, I was hearing a lot of crosstalk here in the U S like when the, even when the yellow vest stuff was happening, yeah. you know, it's, oh, I can't believe those people are rioting and it's, you know, it's so ridiculous and, you know, or the other side of, you know, man, it's, it's great. You know, the people are standing up for themselves, you know, like wherever you land on particular issues, but for me, you know, for me, all I could think of was, man, I can relate to those people, yeah. not the issue per se, one way or the other, but those people and, you know, having only spent a week in that particular area, but, you know, living there for a week and saying, okay, you know, wow, I can, I can actually understand why these people feel slighted and why these taxes are a huge burden on them and, you know, the different things surrounding why they, you know, were starting to protest and unfortunately began to riot. That's yeah. taking it too far, I think, but, um, but I don't live there and I can't make that specific yeah. call, but, you know, I can relate to those people because I, I know what it was, you know, I saw into their life, even though it was just for a week, you know, I, right. I, I understand that living and working in Paris, especially, but France on the whole, I mean, you know, taxes and gas and all the rest that they're, you know, they're protesting for or against rather, you know, I, I get it. Yeah. You know, well, that's, that's one of the main things that kickstarted this whole thing off was a, a, a gas tax mm -hmm. to um, kind of curb the, uh, the use of um, vehicles kind of, tone down the use of fossil fuels in the country. Mm -hmm. France has been a, um, a major player in the, the climate change mm -hmm. initiative globally. They, they've, um, they've introduced these very high gas taxes on their population yeah. to man. I, I mean, on a global scale, they're not doing anything, but yeah, I mean, on a, on a national level, I guess it's just like bragging rights. Like, look what we've done. Mm-hmm. But look what you have done. Like you, yeah. you've got massive protests that have been going on for, gosh, I mean, it's been almost, has it been a year? It's been six months. I'm it's sure. It's been a number of months. I can, I definitely know that. I mean, it's, it's, and it hasn't slowed down. It's actually grown. Right. And, and the, the French people are, are growing. These protests don't show any signs of stopping. Mm -hmm. Um, 
eventually this thing's going to boil to a head at some point. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, there's no king to behead this time, so. Yeah, well, I mean, Macron, <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to get beheaded. I, I think he's not going to get uh, reelected, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd be very I, surprised. His approval point. ratings, last I checked. The only thing that might save him is this is his treatment of Notre Dame. How he is reacting or can and will react to this situation, that might be the only yeah. thing that saves him at this point. And and the thing is, I mean, I don't even know if that that's, a, that's even a reach to say if it would save him or not. I mean, yeah. the, the last time I saw his approval ratings, they were dipping close to the single digits mm-hmm. um, for the French population. And so the, the people do not seem to care for Macron. Yeah. Um, so it is going to be interesting to to see what uh, happens on all of that. But overall, it's a very sad story. I know there was, you know, the whole kind of weird stuff about the, the speculation at the beginning of the fire, which kind of just sets the tone of like where we are currently as like a, as a nation and, and as like, as social media has kind of taken over our, our lives, we tend to speculate a lot more on like, Mm -hmm. Was this an evil deed? Was right. this done purposely? Rumor mongering and warmongering are the the <laughs> the words of the day, unfortunately. Yeah, and you started hearing people start to say, "Was it Muslims that started this fire right. and retaliation for something?" But yeah, well, and then you see things come out on Twitter and other social media. You know, oh, there was there's you know video online of you know some some people you know quote unquote they may not have been muslims but come on you're not fooling anybody with your ridiculous argument yeah, that just it could fear be anybody, yeah you know yelling out allah akbar as the spire fell and then it comes out less than you know i think it was i mean it was definitely within 24 hours i think it was within a couple hours that you know it was immediately refuted no this was this was faked come on yeah. like that's you know i'm I'm not the expert. I'm not on the scene and I, I can't say with any definition that, you know, no, this was not uh, done intentionally. Do I think it was done intentionally? No. Um, you know, do I, do I think that whatever we will learn will be some revelation? Probably not. It's probably going to be something real dumb. Yeah. You know, something very, unfortunately very disappointing, but at the end of the day, something that is better for all of us anyway. Right. Get, you know, the, <laughs> we can be disappointed with the less dramatic outcome of something, but at the end of the day, that's actually what's better for us yeah. <laughs> as a, as a human culture. <laughs> no, I agree. It, it's just, um, social media as a whole has kind of, um, shifted, um, if it's not our, dramatic, it's not interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it actually. Um, because not only has it, it's kind of taken over in the way of, um, sort of like how corporate media has taken over. It's all about clicks and views. Mm-hmm. Um, social media has almost, it's, it's, it's fanned the flame on this kind of outrage culture. Is it, is it, you know, if you're not saying something that triggers someone else, it's almost not worth yeah. posting in yep. a way. Well, and that's what almost what it's incentivized, especially on Twitter. Oh, I spend a lot sure. of time on, on Twitter and that's yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the uh the 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 kind of structure of that app is kind of incentivizes that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it was interesting to actually watch. Um, I know I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but um, did you do you watch Joe Rogan at all? Never heard of him. No, <laughs> um, no, I like his podcast. Yeah, no, um, no, I'm obviously familiar with him. I haven't watched much of his stuff or listened to much of his podcast. Okay. His um he he did he recently did a podcast with Jack Dorsey, which is the, the guy who created one, yeah. um Twitter, and they kind of were talking mm-hmm. about um <laughs> changes on on the, the, the platform and the structure and the kind yeah. of uh, the censoring of right leaning ideas and or in right leaning profiles on Twitter. Um and it was a very interesting talk because they basically in a way they, they admitted that they know exactly what they're doing. They, right. they're like, thank you for bringing that up. We'll look into that you oh, know, yeah. type thing. Wink, wink. Yeah. Wink, yeah. nod type thing. And it's yeah. just very interesting to, to watch that. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I, I highly encourage it. They got, um, it was Joe Rogan, Jack Dorsey, Jack Dorsey, and, um, one of his, uh, staff that kind of, heads over the the censoring part of okay. twitter mm-hmm. um as well as tim pool which is um he, he's a left-leaning um twitter figure but he's actually one of the um and this is this is weird to say but one of the great liberals there and there are quite a few <laughs> great liberals because what they um they actually call out the bs when they see it okay like um i mean some great ones that i'll i'll say that like tim pool is great if you're not following Tim Pool, Glenn Greenwald has been fantastic on the uh, the Mueller report mm-hmm. and and stuff. And so, um, I mean, uh, Tim Pool one and Tim Pool two were great movies, and the crimes of Greenwald were <laughs> excellent. So that, I like all these movies. There you go. <laughs> but I, I just I thought it was interesting to. I know I went on a tangent with Joe Rogan and, and Twitter, but. Um, but with that, you know, it's it's interesting to to see how social media has taken over and really mm. what that whole podcast boiled down to. And at the end of the day, what everyone wanted to hear was about Alex Jones and yeah. the, the the just <laughs> sweeping ban across all mm-hmm. tech platforms yeah. and within a matter of days. Yeah. That was very obviously coordinated. Mm-hmm. Alex, who? Net what? We've never heard of him. Yeah, they yeah. they they completely eliminated him off of these platforms, and it kind of um, if it didn't already kind of come into your head that like technically they're not. It, it's not a. I mean, they're private companies, and they can ban whoever they want. They have the right to. Yep. Um, and it's not technically a a breach of the first amendment with the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. So it's in a very awkward thing, but it's like in these days, if you don't have the ability to be on these platforms mm-hmm. and, and to speak and to say what you want to say, where else other are you going to say it? Other than the people that you have around you every day. Right. I mean, that, that is a huge, uh, a huge thing to take away from someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the the world we live in of media consumption and media in all its various forms, whether it be mainstream media, uh, more focused, what I'll just loosely call niche media of, you know, your preferred specific channel, you know, whether it's, you know, a particular cable network or website or whatever. And then obviously all the, you know, massive number of social media outlets of which there are 30 new 
you know, outlets seemingly every day. Um, yeah, I mean, media consumption isn't on the rise. It's, it's, I mean, it's at an all time high, it feels like. And yeah, yeah it just, it, it comes down to with the way that people consume media, it's people aren't realizing that what they're reading, what they're listening to, what they're seeing and watching it's, it's somebody's agenda. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, you're fooling yourself and I, I could say I pride myself on it, but it's more of a thing that, you know, it just seems to me, it seems obvious, but I don't know that everybody thinks through this, that, you know, if you, if you don't think that somebody's multi-million, much less multi-billion dollar corporation that has ad revenue as one of its main goals at the end of the day if you don't think and i don't care what side of a particular issue or right. aisle you're on either side yeah. yeah it does not matter because as you've said i'm not always the most up to date on everything politically but if you can't look at situations objectively and you know step back from your opinion much less someone else's opinion and stop being offended by them telling you your opinion's wrong or vice versa. Right. If you can't take a step back and say, wait a minute, this group or person is saying this about both of these sides. Well, what about this person or this organization that's telling me that thing? You know, they have their own reasons for wording things certain ways or not reporting other things. And a lot of it comes down to, how they can get the most ad revenue. Yeah. You know, a lot of conspiracy folks will say, you know, that, well, whether it's Fox news or CNN or whatever the, the particular outlet could be Twitter itself, you know, all these different places, you know, they have a left leaning or a right leaning or they're, you know, conservative bias or all these different things. It's like, well, at the end of the day, they have a bias towards making money. Yes. And if you don't, realize that you're kidding yourself. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So that's, you know, at the end of the day, whatever side a particular outlet my, may land on, that's their ultimate goal at this point in human history. Yeah. That the idea of the nightly news, the evening newspaper and the morning newspaper delivering your news and that it was news. It was information from the day. Right. That era is largely gone. And you can't say it's gone. Because there are still, you know, there, there are small outlets or even some large outlets that true. are really trying to do for. And the Internet has helped that, you know, yeah. that it used to be where the corporate media had a stranglehold on the news because it was just you'd flip on the TV. You had eight news channels. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what you had. But now with the Internet, you have unlimited options. I mean, you yeah. can you can really. Um, and that's why I tell people to follow many various different sources, like yeah. find yourself two left wing sources, very biased left wing to mm-hmm. find yourself two very biased right wing and find some right down the middle. Yeah. Well, especially um, even on the internet. Cause you I mean the way that algorithms work with, you know, internet outlets with, as far as, you know, IP, prov- uh, IP providers. I went to the ATM machine earlier and talked about my <laughs> IP provider. Um, <laughs> good night. You know, internet providers themselves, much less the actual, you know, websites and things like that. I mean, you know, again, their goals are to get more clicks, which is for advertising purposes. Uh, Even if it's the smaller ones and the altruistic places that aren't really caring so much about the ad revenue, they want to get themselves in front of more viewers. So they develop with 
people that are brilliant with coding and everything else. They develop algorithms to deliver you news that you want to see or that will piss you off. Yeah. And, you know, it's not incredibly... Whatever gets the clicks. Exactly. And, you know, that's, again, you know, if, you, if you're if you not recognizing that that's a thing, you know, you to your point, you have to have varied news sources because you can't just trust your echo chamber. No. And that, well, I mean, that's one of the things where that's something that Twitter almost incentivizes as well. Oh, absolutely. Right. Incentivizes it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it only, it shows you the people you follow and things, you know, associated to those things. So like everything that, you know, you follow several different right wing or several different left wing people, all of a sudden all you're hearing. And if a lot of people go to Twitter for the news, mm -hmm. like to see what people are talking about, see what the big stories are. I mean, that's one of my first stops to see like, what's the big story it's on the, the day way to get it. It's the fastest way to get it. It's a one-stop shop to see everything. And it is a big problem. And I think it's so interesting where we're living in a time where conversation could not be more open and available to everyone on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's almost one of the most destructive forms of conversation available yeah. is through social media, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook, it's, it's just a mess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I recently wrote a paper, uh, on a similar topic about, you know, mass media and media in general. And, you know, mass media doesn't really mean much of anything these days because mass media just means any form of media that is in front of the masses. So that's whether it's TV, newspaper, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all of it is included in that. The kind of, for me, it all boils down to we're talking at each other and not to each other. Yeah. We don't know thing. how to, the the ideas of rhetoric and argumentation in 2019 rhetoric is a negative term yeah and argument is a negative term yeah those are both words that have actual meanings that do not necessarily imply negativity rhetoric is what you use to defend a position rhetoric is what Phil, uh, philosophers began in the process of argumentation, which again, argumentation is discourse. Yeah. That is one party it's... standing up and defending They're They're presenting what they think is true or, a, or a point of view yeah. and giving defense to it. And at the same time slash just after you've presented your position, listening to somebody who thinks differently. Yeah. The fact that all we do is monologue and whether it's the, you know, the, whether it's me monologuing to you or me monologuing in a certain sense of only reading what you would write or what you would, you know, I mean, if I only ever listened to your podcast for my news. Yeah that's a terrible way to do anything like sure as is. great as you know, I mean, you're, you're one of my best friends and I love you to death. <laughs> and I, you know, I find myself agreeing with a lot of what you say and having similar stances and opinions, but man, like 
we can't let ourselves just have one form of input and just be like, yeah, no, he's right. Terrible, that's fine. That's a terrible way to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a terrible way to do it. Don't assume, assume everything I say is wrong and look it up for yourself. That's what I tell, I've tell, I've said that on my show before. I was yeah. like, look, you know, you can take my word for what it is. I've, I've made pretty clear that, you know, I have a right leaning bias. Yeah. I'm a, I, I kind of align myself in the libertarian field, which mm-hmm. is, supposed to be down the middle but it's assumed you know by a majority of the left that that's it's right wing it's yeah. extreme right wing you know everything right of what they are is extreme right wing so yeah. um but i mean don't don't take my word for it look it up for yourself form your own opinion and look like what you said look at multiple sources mm-hmm. like i go to cnn and I, I trash on cnn and nbc but i go to them to see what yeah they have to say yep even though they're garbage. Yeah. But I, I, I go to them and I go to Fox news and I, I go to some independent sources and, mm-hmm. and kind of gather my, my opinions that way. Yeah. Well, and you know, every now and then you're bound to come across whether they're staff or freelance, there's going to be somebody that posts an article of some sort that would blow your mind yeah. As to, holy cow, this got published on this outlet. This is on CNN. No, I have. I've seen a, you know? several, uh, um, you know, uh, what would you call them? Journalists on, on CNN and NBC where I've seen a couple of their articles and I'm like, holy cow. Yeah. You know, they, it's not, you know, you start to say these kind of all encompassing labels. Right. And you start to find some diamonds in the rough in oh, yeah. these places. Well, and, and following your uh, your pod on uh, gun control a few weeks ago, um, I had texted you the the morning that you posted it that it yeah. was hilarious timing because my final uh, research argumentation for one of the classes that I'm in, um, by the way, 36 years old, decided to go to college a couple of years ago. Great decision. Um, college is too expensive. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to go to college. If you do go to college, go, go to, to a, community go to college community where it's affordable. College. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm doing a report on a, a research paper rather. On How did that go? Is it done or is so it? It's basically wrapped up. Nice. Um, and that was great timing. And I was, I, I really appreciated, um, the uh the sentiments from you and your guest that week that was yeah perfect timing but uh i actually found um and it kills me that i didn't think to to put this together of course how could i have known we'd we would have gone down this really long rabbit trail but um <laughs> the uh one of the articles that i found and drew from and um cited was a huff post article mm. and it was pro what i will just loosely say is our quote, I'm using big air quotes here, our position on gun control, Mm -hmm. that it kind of doesn't make sense, but that there are some ideas that should be, you know, brought into consideration and that, you know, responsible gun owners are just that responsible. I mean, we, we abide by the 10 commandments of gun handling and, you know, to the point that it's called the 10 commandments. (laughs) There's enough reverence there. They're written on stone tabs. Right. But you know, like you're bound to find something even on outlets that you wouldn't necessarily think you agree with yeah. to, you know, to kind of bring that back around. Like you have to use multiple sources. The op ed section on some of those places can be wonderful. Mm Mm-hmm. 
if you just sift through the garbage because the op-ed se- section can just like, you're just, yeah, that can be, you're a, going into the wilderness there, <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Um, we went on a long tangent there on like social media and everything, but did. One, one of the things <laughs> I, I did want to talk about because we are starting to come up on our, uh, on our time here. One of the little things that we did want to talk about was, um, which you've heard this now that I've sent it to you. This song, it's a new song that's kind of taken the internet by it's storm. The best. It's called Old Town Road. I'm telling you right now, my wife, I played this song for my wife on our way over to your house and she hates it. <laughs> and you can relate because your wife hates it. My wife does hate this song. I think, I don't know if it's, if it's a disease that wives have. Or if it's just a, a lack of moral upright standing on their part, but man, <laughs> this song—no, this song's garbage. But it's it's so it's such an earworm, and it's so catchy that I just I can't stop listening to it, man. Like it's so dumb. It's it's like uh, it's like trashy TV, you know? Like a lot. Like yeah, my wife will watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette with her mom, and she knows it's not good television. It's not quality, but you know what? It's just a fun watch. It's a guilty pleasure. That's basically what this is for me with music right now. It really is. <laughs> it, it, the, the the background on this, if you don't know what the song is, or if you if you haven't heard the song yet, it's called Old Town Road. It's by this uh, kid that goes by the name of Lil Nas X. That's L I L Nas X. Right. Um, and it's called Old Town Road. And essentially, what he's done is he has merged country with trap. Yeah. Yeah. In he, a way uh, he sampled. Uh, so the, the fun bit about this and then my favorite part, I think about this entire story is that uh, uh, you texted me Wednesday as we're recording this. It's Friday night. You texted me Wednesday and asked, if I had heard the song old town road and I had seen and heard with podcasts and the news and uh, just, you know, any form of, of internet access that I think you have, if you're paying attention, you've at least seen a reference to it, even if you didn't know what it was. And I was like, no, I've been kind of holding off to just, I didn't know why I hadn't listened to it, but I just hadn't it, yeah. call it the, the, the curmudgeon in me. Cause I'm really curmudgeon. <laughs> um, I'm not going to listen to it because everybody wants me to. Um, yeah. But so I listened to it and I had it on repeat for a half hour. <laughs> and it, it is a short, it's a short it's song. two and a half minutes. It's two. Yeah. And by the time, if, if you don't hate it, because of course I think a lot of your listeners will probably just hate it. And I'm not your listeners specifically, but just <laughs> listeners yes. of anything that could hear that song. I think a lot of people won't like it. Um, for whatever reason, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's two and a half minutes. If you, even if you halfway enjoy it, by the time you get into it, the song's over. I'm telling you, just put it on repeat before you even press play and you'll be happy. And you can listen to it for about 10 (laughs) minutes and then just don't ever listen to it again. Otherwise it's going to be stuck in your head for a week. Like it has been with me. I wonder, do you think, I don't know too much about the like restrictions on this. Could I put and do you think it'll get my episode will get pulled if I play this? Do you put your show on YouTube? No. 
It's on Apple Podcasts. There's a lot of conflict because I was I was looking this up as well. There's a lot of conflicting evidence online. Um, technically, it would be illegal to put it up, but the mm. general consensus if, is: if I play twenty it, to thirty seconds or less, you're fine. Okay, but it's your show. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll just play a clip of this, then. nice, and, and then we can. Because what I'll do is I'll break it up because mm-hmm. I don't want to play it all the way through. Yeah, let's let's give him like a. I'll give him a like a taste. bit of the verse into the chorus. Yeah. So we're. Oh, and by the way, before. Hold on. Before I. Uh, I what I don't want to do is is give you this without like a little bit of context behind the song. Yeah. Um. So this kid created this song. To the best of my knowledge. Um. He posted it on YouTube, and from what I gathered, it had. Um, so do you want of, the story? Yeah, do you know the story in so full? This is okay, the be- this is what I was going to I forgot to to circle back around as my wife will tell you that I often do. Um that uh you you texted me about this earlier in the week. I knew nothing about it other than that it was basically a meme at this point. Yes, it and had taken the internet I fell by storm. into the 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 black hole of this song so hard that I I looked up all the history of this song. So, what <laughs> happened with this song? So Lil Nas X, um, and forgive me, I forgot to to put his name down because he has a real human name. Um, but his performer <laughs> name of Lil Nas X. Um, he's an Atlanta rapper who got his start on Twitter with a Nicki Minaj fan account. Who she has fans. <laughs> my I, my wife. I'm just. That's obviously a joke. She has many fans. Is it a joke? My, my, <laughs> what's a joke is my wife likes Nicki Minaj. Oh, wait, okay. no, she likes, I, I just lied. I think Ooh. she likes Cardi B. Don't misrepresent your Cardi, wife. Cardi, and I understand that Cardi, the show? Cardi B and Nicki Minaj have a beef. So me saying that was pretty bad. Yeah. So no, my, my wife, I don't think is a fan of Nicki I'd like to address a formal apology on behalf of Keaton Tucker and freedom strips for any Sterling. I'm misdirection. Sorry. I know you don't like Nicki Minaj, (laughs) but I know she likes Cardi B because she likes how she does the. Wow. I have never heard a more white attempt at a thing that. I don't like I she, couldn't do. I don't know how she does it. That's She's, pretty funny. I can't roll my R's. Oh, you wouldn't make it. You wouldn't make it anywhere but the US. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so this uh, this this guy and I'll say kid probably accidentally because it's 19 years old and I'm 36, so I feel like I'm ancient. Um, but so this kid uh, gets a start on Twitter with a Nicki Minaj fan account. Starts getting a lot of traction there. Lots of uh, lots of clicks and likes and whatever the uh, the kids like on Twitter these days. And um, so he kind of got a lot of exposure online that way, got very well versed in kind of being a personality online. Yeah. Got to start there. Then he released this song in its original form in December on SoundCloud. And very quickly thereafter, it migrated and it's unclear whether he migrated it or yeah. it just somebody found it on SoundCloud, which did is probably how it happened. It, did it hit Reddit and that's how it caught fire? The internet happened. Okay. <laughs> Usually Reddit is like yeah. if it goes on Reddit and then it starts to catch right. fire, like that's when you, it goes yeah. everywhere. So it, it somehow migrated from being uploaded as a song on SoundCloud to being featured on TikTok, which is another meme site oh, for the yeah. youth. 
Um, <laughs> that uh, for the youth. I'm gonna do my Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, the uh, <laughs> I can't believe that I'm actually saying these words out loud. So the song released uh, then made its way onto TikTok as the soundtrack to the Yeehaw Challenge. Uh, wherein participants are transformed into cowgirls and cowboys after drinking yee-yee juice. Um, actually, which, as I say that, let me get some yee-yee juice here. <laughs> Drink a little bit of that whiskey there. Ah, that's better. Um, so, uh, so they drink their yee-yee juice, they become a cowboy or a cowgirl, and they have some fun on TikTok. I don't know. Um, so then that happened in December was when the song was released on SoundCloud. In December? December. Really? That long I ago? I had no clue about it until probably two weeks ago. Um, maybe a week and a half. Yeah. Something around there. And oh. then uh, I started hearing about it on a couple podcasts and general online murmuring. I saw some references to it. Um, so then on April 5th, the new release of the song is a remix featuring Billy Ray Cyrus of Achy Breaky Heart fame. Yeah. I don't know if you're old enough to, to get that reference. <laughs> I know Achy Breaky Heart. Okay, right? good. Um, so with, uh, with Billy Ray Cyrus signing on to do the remix, which I don't know if you can call it a remix when it's the exact same song, just featuring Billy Ray Cyrus in two vocal parts yeah. instead of the original vocal. So, but we'll call it a remix. Sure. It's, um, it's not really a remix. It's not. It's just him adding in some <laughs> yeah. stuff to the song. It's but a, it's the, a, it has been remixed. Yes. It's not a remix. Right. <laughs> in the studio term, it has been mixed again. Yes. Mixed a second time with Billy Ray Cyrus. Right. But what's interesting is it's, it's my understanding that this, um, this song, however it caught fire on the internet, mm-hmm. just blew up. And it actually reached the top of the streaming charts. Yeah. However, it reached the top of the streaming charts labeled as country. Country music. Um, and thus the controversy began. Yeah. Because this, if you listen to the song, and I'll play it, I know we'll get to the clip eventually. Um, when I play the song, very obviously not country, uh, something you wouldn't label as country. However, it has country elements to it. Oh, it is undoubtedly country, and I say that with like an extended Y, like it's country-y, it's country-ish. Right. <laughs> um, but this is where I, I actually side with uh, Billboard's decision to remove it from the country charts um, that, you know, and it's funny because Billy Ray Cyrus and a number of other country musicians have come out and said, you know, they're, they're actually in support of it being on the country charts, and I think that's because of all the of all the mainstream genres in modern music country music is one of you can't say the only but one of the genres that takes themselves seriously the least yeah in, in a really good is. way like yeah. they're they're good natured right. there's some out there that are stoic and they're going to you know be a little too serious about their craft but yeah. um they're really good natured they have fun with their music and they do lots of fun collaborations and it's not to say other genres don't, but they, as is evidenced in this, that uh, I saw a video of Keith Urban playing a six string banjo, doing a live stream cover of this song. Like, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a number of country artists that have embraced this song and let's be honest, it's because they want to get a little bit more they clicks catch a little and bit likes of that fire, and more yeah. attention f- exactly during this moment of popularity. Sure. Um, but uh 
Yeah. So it was pulled from the country charts because it, it didn't have enough elements that would qualify it as country. Right. Um, and more fell into the hip hop. Yeah. And so, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus, who, as we've discussed, you know, he's heavily featured on the remix, uh, as the, uh, the, the main vocal feature as far as the singing part. Um, and he even came out and said, you know, it heavily features banjo. What's more country than that? Um, which (laughs) it's hard to to disagree with. He's got a point. (laughs) Um, but one, the banjo not being played by a country artist being played by none other than nine inch nails, because the sample of this song is from a nine inch nails song. Oh my God. Uh, called ghosts. And I'm going to assume this is Roman numerals ghosts four dash 34. Yeah. I'm not incredibly familiar with nine inch nails work uh, for all of their library, but, um, I did take a listen to the, a bit of the song and, for sure, that is sampled That's from the their sample? song. So the oh, wow. uh, uh, the, the beat maker, yeah, <laughs> the beat maker Keo, who, if you listen really closely to the very front end of the song, you can hear the little Keo kind of thing that comes in at one part. Yeah. That's the beat maker putting his little stamp on the song. Uh. So he originally uploaded this beat that he referred to in uh, in retrospect as a garbage throwaway beat he did not expect anything to happen with this <laughs> oh beat he put it on i forget what the name of the site was but it's basically a uh, uh a site where you can sell your beats at yeah. pretty low prices for artists who just need a beat to you know to use how they need right. to um he uploaded it and never really expected anything to happen and of course he made his little bit of money from it initially and just like as is common with most artistic endeavors you know, those types of, uh, those types of sales are one time only. So, yep. you know, unfortunately this guy made his five bucks or whatever, <laughs> but it, it might've been more than that. But, yeah. Um, so this song has been streamed millions, millions. of times. Yeah. It, at the, the report that I saw earlier today, it was over 143 million streams this week. Oh my God. This week. million. It's one of four songs to ever hit over a million streams. And I think it, it was in a week, might've been in a month, but, um, this song has topped Drake's in my feelings at this point <laughs> in the God. amount of streaming. So it's, it's sampled from, uh, like I said, from nine inch nails and, uh, the, the, the thing that I, that, so coming back around to why I think that this, uh, uh, why billboard was right to take it from the country charts yeah. is that, okay. So it features banjo. The remix features Billy Ray Cyrus, the lyrical content, uh, even from the original version, which was just the other vocal part and the actual rapping part by Lil Nas X. Yeah. It's very country, you know, equivalent as far as the lyrical content. Um, you know, it, it seems like it's right in their wheelhouse, but musically and as a musician and as a, as a 36 year old white man, who's about as white as you can get, <laughs> but that loves hip hop yeah. and the, the specific, the specific genre I'm referencing is hip hop. Not, you know, I, I like a lot of different kinds of music, but hip hop specifically because it uses sampling. It's a lot more, it has a lot more musicality to it. The, the lyrical content is more interesting. It's not just content for content's sake. Yeah. Um, the absolute determining factor why this was pulled, to my mind, is that it's sampled. 
And that is uniquely yeah. hip hop. Yeah. You it can, is. you can have a country artist, you can have a quote country instrument and you can have country related lyrical content. But as soon as you put a, a, a sample to a beat that is intrinsically like hip hop sounding, it's not country. Yeah. You know, now do I love this song? Weirdly? Yes. And is it super country? Yes. Um, it isn't weird. It is weird. It's not meant. Oh, it's super weird. It's just, it's the, it's a, it's a purely internet driven song. If I've ever heard one. Yeah. Because, and what I want to do is I want to play a little bit of this just so the listeners can hear it. If they haven't heard it, I I can't play the whole thing, but the whole thing is like two minutes guys go on Spotify, listen to it, Spotify, YouTube it. Ask your kid. It's on there. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard it already, what I'll do is I'll play a little bit of this just so you can hear it here. And this is the Billy Cyrus. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse through the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. Sounds super country, right? It, it does. It's got Billy Ray right on there. This is no longer country black. <laughs> you know, like that's, right. you know, I love it. And you can pull from it. You can pull from any reference or any culture or what have you. Um, but yeah, that's. And and the lyrics in funny. this, when you, when you actually. <laughs> The, you listen to the oh, lyrics man. in this. It is fantastic. I was laughing out loud by myself <laughs> in my car listening to this song for the first time. I could not believe how dumb slash hilarious slash brilliant these lyrics are. <laughs> it's just it, – it's so fantastic. I mean one of the lines is um, riding on a tractor, lean all in my bladder. <laughs> Cheated on my baby. You can, you can go, go and, and ask you her. You can go and ask her. And then uh, cowboy mm. hat from Gucci. Wrangler on my booty. Yes. <laughs> it's yep. so good. Man. It's fantastic. It's a it's a great listen. It gave me a great laugh. And yep. I understand why it blew up. Because it is just so funny. And Billy Ray Cyrus getting on this train early like he did was yeah. when they pulled him from the country charts. Billy Ray Cyrus is like, hold my beer. And was just like, well, yeah, people are talking kid in and like, I'll make it country and I'll do a dub in here and I'll sing on the song. And well, the fact that we are on a podcast, regardless of general content that your show is usually about the fact that a podcast or anyone is talking about Billy Ray Cyrus in 2019 is astounding. Boy, you are not a wrong. Brilliant move. Whether it was him yeah. or his agent or Hannah Montana telling him, "Dad, you need to get on this." Yeah. You know, it <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, crazy. I would not think <laughs> not in a million years would I be talking about Billy Ray Cyrus right now, but here I am. Listen, just don't tell my achy breaky heart. <laughs> I, I just don't think he'd understand. Oh my goodness. Uh we're coming up on our time here, but I do want to still talk about this last uh this last story here because when I when I invited you on the show 
I knew we were going to talk about Notre Dame. I knew we were going to talk about this uh, sensational song from Lil Nas. Mm -hmm. Artistry. Complete um, (laughs) pure art out of that. Um, I I was on Twitter, as I normally am, looking at the uh, the top stories of the day. And when I was looking on Twitter, one of the top stories, um, the headline was, Why Carl's Jr. is testing out a CBD burger. All right, so tell me what CBD is. So I'm an old guy. Right, I don't know these me, things. Let me give you <laughs> what the actual name of uh, CBD is. So, um, cannabidol is what it's called. Cannabidol. So essentially, it's the ingredient in marijuana that is not the psychoactive ingredient. Okay, so not THC. It is not THC, okay? So it's CBD, which is what, when you hear the term medical marijuana, mm-hmm. um, most states, I believe at this point, or, or many states, have CBD legalized. Like, you can go to a local smoke shop and, and buy CBD drops. You can right. buy CBD gummies. Yeah. Essentially, what it is, is it's just an oil that you can take as a supplement. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it helps with anxiety. It helps with um, aches and pains if you have, like, joint pain or if you have cramps or um, if you're just trying to um, relax. If you have trouble sleeping, it helps you relax. Think of it like a like an herbal tea, essentially, mm. is what it is. However, it's from the marijuana plant, so it's controversial yeah of course it is um however carl's jr is testing out a cbd burger so i've got this article up here from cnn um i'm gonna read a little bit of this just so you can kind of get the context this is only going to be this is a one day thing by the way so of course they're releasing it on 420 oh thank you So they're only going to be selling it on 420, but they were they're what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to test it out and see if they can actually put this on a permanent menu. The Hardee's Carl's Jr. Grill is going to just blaze. Yeah. <laughs> so the chain said on Wednesday that it will sell the Rocky Mountain High cheeseburger. Oh, that name is so good. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of really crappy, dry humor and dad jokes. Yes. That makes me so happy. The the Rocky Mountain High cheeseburger delight. Oh. That's what it's called. Um, delight at the very delight end. Delight at That's the very great. end. So the burger <clears throat> will be sold in uh, one location in Denver, Colorado for just one day. So is that one one location meaning Denver or is that like one restaurant in Denver? I'm assuming location is going to be like the Denver All area. Of Denver. Yeah. Okay. I just um, imagine that one Hardee's being slammed that day. No, yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> that it would just be one store. Yeah. One location in Denver, Colorado makes sense. Um, of course, I think all fast food on 420 in Denver is going to be slammed that day anyway. Ooh, so. Yeah, man. When we took our trip to Colorado, it doesn't matter to, that it's legal now. That's uh, just the that's the we, celebration day. We now, were driving even more than it was. We were driving down um, Colorado and we were actually heading to Boulder and we had the windows rolled down. We were just driving through Denver and we passed like four marijuana treatment plants nice. where they were extracting the oils <laughs> and, and making their gummies and everything they sell. Yeah. And it was just like, whoosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we just come and in all of a sudden your wife started car. calling you bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was wild. Yeah. Um, so this, this burger is going to be um, only located in Denver, Colorado for just one day. So of course that one day is going to be April 20th. Yeah. 
420. So the burger features a sauce that is infused with CBD or cannabis sauce. It's the sauce. So that's how they're kind of getting that ingredient. That's even just a great name for CBD anyway. The sauce. Yeah. I think that's, (laughs) that needs to be what people colloquially call CBD oil from now on. The sauce. Let's let's get some sauce. (laughs) I guess sauce is kind of already liquor. So maybe that doesn't work. Yeah. I thought I was onto something. Well, it could still could be hashtag CBD sauce. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so again, that's not the psychoactive ingredient. That's just the ingredient that is medically makes you helpful. Chill, bro. Makes you very relaxed. Makes you. I mean, this is stuff that you can take if you get like. You know, I mean, you can go and legally buy CBD nearly everywhere. Yeah. Um, and you can buy the CBD isolate and all that kind of stuff. You can put it into your food and your drink. If you have like chronic pain and stuff, you can use it that way. You can probably you find can, it in like an eyedropper on a kitchen counter somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere like that. Uh, and I mean, this is stuff that you can take and pass a drug test tomorrow. Uh, so, I mean, it's completely legal, completely safe. Oh, okay, because it's not the THC part. It's not the THC, so you can pass a drug test. Man. It's not illegal. You see, Keaton, you you teach me new things every week. That's it. You can <laughs> take it and go to sleep and have a good night's sleep and not have to worry about a drug test. Nice. Um, so it says, though the promotion is limited... It is not a stunt. I don't the, believe that. that. It is absolutely a stunt. Let's just say it's not. It's, it's, it's just kind of silly. In terms. It's very silly. It's limited, but it's not a stunt. Right. All right. Mm, Continue. Yeah, this is a very big stunt. And it's, it, to, their, to their point, it is a big experiment. Yeah. Um, the burger chain is using um, the test to determine whether a CBD burger belongs on its permanent menu, said um, the vice president of brand marketing for Carl's Jr., he said, quote, it is something that feels right for the brand. He told CNN business, we are all about innovation. Um, <laughs> this so, is certainly on. innovative. So I'm, I'm looking at uh, a little breaking the fourth wall here. So I'm looking at our show notes and the, uh, the senior VP of brand marketing's name is Patty. His name for is a Patty. burger joint. Yeah. That is fan. This this doesn't get. But actually, it could get better because I'm sad to say that the tagline in no part of this marketing is the phrase "It's CBD delicious." Oh yeah, that's a man. Like that's pretty I mean, good. Maybe that's part of the experiment is to see you know if it catches on, then they can put money into amazing catchphrases. Right. Well, the the market Copyright, already trademark Jason Robinson twenty nineteen. That, that's right. CBD going, delicious. Yes, Man, please I need put to buy your stamp a website, cbddelicious dot com. Oh God, I bet you, you, you that's need to available. go on like GoDaddy right now and yes. see if that's available. Um, I won't do right that. after. Well, I I will purchase. <laughs> I'm it just saying, I'm very lazy. I probably okay. will forget. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, if you forget and I buy it, we'll just split the profits. That's there. fine. Uh, so let me move on here. So food, beverage, and other customer goods companies have been trying to figure out how to capitalize on the growing interest in ingredients like mm. CBD. The CBD has a huge, yeah. huge market. Yeah. Um, consumers are increasingly seeking products that offer an extra something like an increased energy or a better gut health. CBD may fit that bill. Some studies suggest that the CBD can help treat inflammation, pain, anxiety, seizures, etc. Uh, Carl's Jr. isn't promoting any possible functional benefits of CBD. 
Uh, however, it's so we're just not a, saying uh, it works or does anything, but we're absolutely going to capitalize on the fact that you all think it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Sounds about right. <laughs> so Carl's Jr. is hoping to please their customers um, who have been said to uh, be interested in their new trends. Hmm. Um, it's also chasing, quote, future Carl's Jr. customers that are younger. Hmm. Um, they are more often to uh, they are more open to different flavors and products as well as benefits of trendy ingredients. Subtext. They're more open to weird stuff. Yeah. But I, I think this is a man. This is a great idea for Carl's jr. And they've, they've kind of been on the yeah. front lines of like trying new stuff. So, I mean, this kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, even when it comes to their advertising, I mean, right. you know, some years back, I mean, they were incredibly blatant in their over sexualization of, the burger. burger yeah you know like they'd have <laughs> incredibly scantily clad women in very pro uh, provocative poses and you know having the sauce dripping down into you know seemingly inappropriate ways <laughs> and things like that, that you know it's it's funny it's dumb it's inappropriate but man they pushed the envelope and return on investment they had a lot more people get interested in their brand not because of some sexy girl in a commercial but yeah. because they were like, oh, that's right. That's the place that had the funny commercial. Yeah. Let me go eat a burger there instead. And what could rival the money market as much as scantily clad women? Marijuana. Yes. <laughs> and burgers that's infused right. together. The only thing that might give them an edge is if they had yee yee juice on the side. <laughs> so uh, I guess final question before we close the podcast. CBD burger pro con. Do you, do you, would you try it? Would you eat one? Um, with the knowledge and, and, and to a previous comment that I had about, uh, that you all think quote unquote, that it works. I have no idea about this stuff. Like I I'm so straight laced. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's not that I'm looking down on and saying anything is bad or good. It's, I'm indifferent, um, to know that this kind of stuff is becoming more and more prevalent in the market. Um, in, I know I was you know, saying I didn't know what CBD oil was earlier. I recently became more aware of it. Um, but uh, the knowing kind of where it is in the marketplace, where it is legally and with, I, I work in some financial areas of the market and to know that a lot of banks are actually uh, refusing to do payment processing on mm -hmm. the backside of mm -hmm. businesses that uh, openly sell CBD oil. Mm. There are a number of banks that are not comfortable with it yet, even yeah. though it's perfectly legal. Um, knowing where it is legally, as far as the, uh, the substance itself, I'd have no problem yeah. that I would. Cause it's, would you eat one though? It's flavorless oil yeah. in, in a sauce <laughs> on a burger by Carl's jr. Which for us down here in the South is Hardee's, which quite frankly, you you wouldn't be able to tell a difference because as sure, good right. as their stuff is, it's so greasy and so yes. fatty. You'd never know. <laughs> so you you could have given me a CBD uh, burger tonight, and I would not have known the difference until <laughs> right. I went to sleep and slept until the next day at noon. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it, there's no way I would know. Um, I, I think this is a good idea, man. I, I think you know, uh, people are obviously going to. I think they're going to see a major return on investment for this experiment. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I don't know what the restaurant scene is like in Denver, Colorado. I know there's good food over there, but I mean, 
is everyone chomping at the bit to go to Carl's Jr.? Probably not. But are they going to th- think about that on 420? Sure. For, yeah. yeah, for sure. There, I mean, you know, you have even just a little bit of marketing towards something like that. And, you know, the rest of the country may not be wholly aware of that, that that's happening. Of course, the Internet knows and, you know, it'll make it's it'll make the rounds. But I think, you know, you get something like this on a day like 420 um, that is purely marketed to people that are pro cannabis. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a great idea. They're going to make a lot of money and because of where the substance is legally and, uh, you know, health wise, as far as like what it's, you know, been proven to do and not do, there's no reason like it's, you're not getting high, you know, I appreciated your guest. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before the, uh, the officer that you had on, Mm -hmm. you know, that his his position, I'm, I'm pretty similar that, you know, Hey, Mm -hmm. listen, you know, I may have a particular opinion on drugs, you know, of various degrees, but what you do and what you put into your body is your business. Now for me, if it's against the law, I'm not going to do it. Cause again, I'm straight light, you know, straight laced, you know, kind of just, that's just how I've always been. But, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to make, they're going to make a lot of money and it's, even if they don't make a ton of money, it's worth it to, to run that experiment. Yeah, I think so. Cause I think the market is Uh primed for something like that USDA choice primed yeah, <laughs> uh, for something like that. Well, uh, I think this boils down into a bigger, a bigger thing. You know, I, I tend to look at, try to expand things probably bigger than they really are. But, mm-hmm. um, th- this is capitalizing on something that I, I think eventually and not too far down the road, this whole thing is going to be legalized, not just the CBD, yeah. the THC aspect oh, yeah. of it as Edibles well. Edibles will become the the main way that people uh, yeah take this. In yeah, and I, I think I think this is all going to be legalized pr- fairly quickly. My kind of hunch that I'm thinking about, I think Trump's in trouble in 2020, and I think the ace that he has in the back pocket is legalizing this stuff. Really. You think, think as as right as far right as his constituency is, because I still hold that I don't know, and again I'm not the most informed, but I just I have this sneaking suspicion that he's a closet Democrat and based oh, on he's interviews been. and things in the past. Yeah. That, um He's maybe a, maybe this was a he's a faux Republican. Yeah, and maybe yeah. this was something that I read that somebody misrepresented. But I I know that I read something a couple more than a couple years ago. Now it was probably three or four years ago that he had done an interview at one point saying something along the lines of, "If I were ever to run for president, I would run. I would Republican. run as Republican yeah. because then I could change things from the inside." Right. I don't know if any of that's true. No, well, the thing it I just, mean, it, there's, there's the guy some, is scarily smart for as dumb as he is. <laughs> well, that's a thing like, or as dumb as he lets himself appear at least. Yeah. It's really his Trump's So interesting just because yeah. I've kind of written him off already, but I, I, he's yeah. so interesting in the way of, um, people call him stupid, but he's not stupid. Right. He's a, um, the best way I've heard it described actually is with Dave Smith. I listened to part of the problem. That's the main podcast I like to listen to. Um, he described Trump as a winner 
And that's what yes. kind of Trump. Oh, that is 100. That's how he would describe himself. Yeah. Well, that's what Trump describes he's himself as. He's obsessed with winning and self-preservation. And he's good at winning. At all costs. He is so good at winning. Yeah. You can't say that that guy's not smart because he's not. He's not stupid. No, he's not. He is smart. Yeah. He's stupid in certain ways. He, he says some dumb things and makes some dumb decisions in certain arenas. But yeah. But the guy's not stupid. He he knows. Man. Yeah. He's not stupid. He is. Well, you can't collude with Russia. He's, he's a stupid. winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Jokes, folks. Jokes. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's where I'm going to wrap up the podcast here. CBD burger. I would absolutely try it. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be, this is the beginning of something you're going to see more and more and more, mm-hmm. um, CBD incorporated into the, some of this stuff. And, you know, if Trump gets into a pickle and he feels like he's in, uh, in danger, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. if he feels like he's in danger in 2020, I feel like he could pick that out of his back pocket mm-hmm. and basically guarantee himself 2020 if he legalizes this. Yeah. Um, people are already favoring him to eke out a win. Barely, man. I think I think it, he's in serious trouble. I think he's in oh, serious trouble in twenty twenty two. And um, he, he doesn't help himself. No. Uh, however, I think if he legalizes this, he's guaranteed. He's done. Like twenty twenty, you can put it in the books. If Trump legalizes marijuana, yeah. he will get it. He'll have to change Trump Tower to from gold to green, though. Oh yeah. All right. Well, Jason. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, but it was a pleasure, blast man. to talk to you. Hopefully you guys found this enjoyable to listen to. This was a little bit of a laid back episode. Just another t- let's talk episode. Um, well, if you guys are, uh, are interested and like to share with your friends, we're located on Facebook, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. Be sure to like us on Facebook. We, we love to, uh, to grow our audience there as well as, um, be sure to rate us and like us on iTunes and Apple podcasts. So we'll see you on the next episode of freedom strips later guys. Boom. That's there that. How long was that? We made it an hour and a half. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs>